Hello and welcome to the Megavision Show, the companion podcast to Megavisions Magazine. I'm Chris, the editor of Megavisions, and joining me this week is Sketchcraft and Scotty. So, before we get into the podcast, I just want to tell you that we ran into some technical issues uh, that we're going to blame on Marson. The intro portion of the show didn't end up getting recorded, but instead of going back and re-recording everything, we decided to just keep forging ahead and finishing the show. So, I present you with this abbreviated version of this week's podcast. Um, oh, I also went and saw Alita Battle Angel. I've been like yeah. really, really excited about this. Have you guys seen that yet? I did. Um, yeah. My girlfriend had no idea what we were doing. I was like, it's James Cameron. He did. He, You like aliens. You like the thing. And she's like, I still don't know what this is, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> what did uh, What did you guys think about it? I I enjoyed it. I all I knew was the trailer and I found out like every, I forgot that it was coming out or out or whatever. So every outlet that mentioned that was it was out was like based off the manga and the whatever. I'm like, oh, I didn't know this was a manga, but it clearly looks like an anime or something. Um, and uh, I dug it, though. I thought like a lot happened in that movie to the point that there no spoilers because it is still pretty new. But I thought that the way that it ended, I thought it was going to go like one more step because things were going so rapid fire at the mm-hmm. end. Um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the dogs. I enjoyed uh, it all. Oh, have either of you guys played Anarchy Reigns, the platinum uh, brawler on PS3 and 360? I own it, but I've not ever played it. It's so good. It's it's you run around and beat the shit out of each other in like the streets of a city. So the best way I can like kind of compare it is it's like a twisted metal, but without cars. You're just running around in like a post-apocalyptic crappy town. Um, but the literally the character select screen is pretty much that bar in Alita. It is it was crazy oh. how much it reminded me of that because you like you like shift around and like there's a dude playing pool. There's a guy playing a Vita. There's a dude just drinking stuff. There's someone just eating a pile of meat at a table and they're all like half human cyborg things. Um, and that's exactly what that bar scene felt like in Alita. So it was cool. But I dug it. Yeah. What do you think, Rob? Uh, well, I've been waiting for this movie since I right after I graduated high school. So I think he's been talking about it since 96, 97, somewhere around there. So um, Cameron didn't actually direct this. He did a treatment in the 90s and then he produced this. Um, right. So he got a co-writing. The script was by uh, this one lady. I, I forget her name, but I think she's working on the Avatar stuff as well. And then it was directed by Robert Rodriguez, which they never used in the marketing because of the last seven movies of right out. yeah that's that's um, kind of how i got her to go see it with me as well i was like james cameron he did all these movies that you enjoy <laughs> right so i got a lot of my friends go oh look james cameron we didn't make a billion dollars i'm like he didn't direct it like the fuck off like mm-hmm. um but what was amazing when so when the movie was announced i had already seen the anime and read a bit of the manga so i i, I was super fan of it um and i couldn't draw very well when i <laughs> think like when i i have a guy i don't think you've ever seen my old art it wasn't good so um to go from there to sitting in the theater going i could you know draw all this shit if i wanted to it was pretty it was just a you know a moment for me visually speaking i thought the film was amazing specifically the the shots with so they got the guy that was in deadpool that played francis Right, and he plays one of the, the these cyborg uh, hunter killer. I yeah, can't remember who Francis he's is. He's douchey. Oh, he's that that douchey guy. And um... yeah, he's the main guy that has the blade that has right. the, the, the the Mars blade. And um, he the visual effects in that are perfect. Like 
it's his live action face rotoscope onto the CGI body, and I'm like, it's flawless. So like, I, I get they went with the the CGI face for Alita because they had an older woman play a younger girl, which it worked fine. She was super likable, and it wasn't weird. But the visual effects on him were so amazing that I was like, why didn't they just suck it up and get a 14 year old actress? Like seriously, like because. I just felt like the visual effects on the guys that were completely CGI weren't as impressive as that. Um, but that being said, that's a fun movie, man. Like mm-hmm. I, I sat in that theater when that, the music was amazing. The world building was fun. It's a genre. I know a lot of the complaints were like, Oh, the love story isn't realistic. I'm like, no love story in the eighties was ever realistic. Did you guys see the last Starfighter? That one realistic. They weren't <laughs> even in the fucking movie together. Most of the fucking time, you know, like, the, I love me the last Starfighter. Right. So I just think back to the genre movies of the 80s that we all hold in high nostalgia, remember? Right. Mm-hmm. Compared to this. And I'm like, this would have been the most of uh, it. It did what the pod race was trying to do that didn't make you laugh at, you know, like the announcers and stuff. Yeah. The roller much. derby was actually cool. Yeah. The, the motorball thing and I all that. That shit. It was super fun, man. The, there was a couple cringeworthy moments here and there, but I, I'm yet. I'm gonna be honest. I I get to find a movie that doesn't have one these days somewhere where you're like, ah, that didn't work for me. But overall, man, I I saw it twice. I came out there going, and I'll tell you this: at the very end, um, when it ended, you know, and the the title goes Battle Angel. Out of coincidence, there was these little girls in front of me, and they got up and slapped their hands. I mean, they were like ten or eleven, you know. <laughs> so I was well, like, yeah. God damn! I never thought that would have happened when this movie was announced back in the 90s like that there would be 11 year old girls in the room fucking clapping like crazy it was so so good i you know a lot of people gave it a a lot of shit too because of uh what they did to alita's eyes like they made them them bigger which what didn't follow the manga or the anime um but i thought it i thought it worked and it didn't look weird i thought her her face looked fine and it did also like, all the other uh, berserkers were the same way. So it wasn't like she's just this one solitary figure in the whole like universe that has these giant eyes and kind of just sticks out for no reason. Um, and so uh, I, 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 I totally dismiss that. And I, I think people are just nitpicking and making something more out of it than what it really is. Um, way, way more than it, yeah. than it needs to be. And did you did you guys ever see that 80s movie called Arena? Where it was like this human so. that had to fight uh, these like monsters in space. And it was like a, it was kind of like an, like a, a pit fighter type thing where this, this, they had a, you know, they were in, in an actual arena, but he had to fight these giant monsters and somehow they would, uh, they would, have like put this beam on the monsters which would decrease their power level to make it an equal fight between him um and like his human challenger but there's all these just like really interesting looking monsters and and the 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 makeup was just really cool but it kind of reminded it gave me that kind of feel like the just kind of the um the greediness of of the town and and some of the scenes um and so it brought me back to watching arena when i was a kid and it was a movie that i really really liked uh, there was just so many cool pieces in this. Like the the world, like you said, Rob was was really interesting. Uh, all the different characters uh, were really really cool. The only one that I didn't like was um, her boyfriend, um, the actor. Yep. I, I I thought that that they miscast that because he felt he seemed to 
be more like someone you'd see in like a Disney TV series or movie. And he just didn't fit what, you know, like I, I think they could have cast him better. But aside from that, I think everything else was was really well done. And I think Jennifer Connelly was was great as well. She's she's always good. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name um, who was the uh, the leader of the gang um, who like she had. She was working with throughout the movie. He was also in Luke Cage. Oh, Marshala Ali. Yeah, he was awesome. I mean, he's great in everything he does, you know, but um, he 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 was really, really good. Um, so overall, only, the only complaint I have is that I like the tone throughout the film. At the end with Marshala, he throws this bit in that just didn't need to be in the film where he opens the box and you see something in there. I don't want to say what it is, but you see that and the the gag of it, it didn't need to be there. It It played goofy when it should have been serious. That was uh, the one yeah, thing. When I saw that, and I'm like, I would have cut that out. Like that's, I that doesn't, it doesn't add to the character that that's supposed to represent. It doesn't even make any sense, you know. When you count the time and everything else, it's just, and it and it plays goofy. So that's the that's the one thing where I'm like that. That's where I said, you know, I saw something that didn't fit, but it, you know, whatever. Um, you know, do you think we're gonna get a sequel to this? No, I don't. Sadly, uh, yeah, they, depends it needs on to make how it does, million. but I don't know. It needs to make six hundred million for that to happen, and right now it's tracking at two eighty sixty something here, and then two hundred. So it's definitely getting the Chinese market bump. You know, so it did well in South Korea. It's done almost a hundred million in China. It's done okay in Japan, um, but you know, it's the thing with the movie is it just gets such a. It's tough because. It gets knocked for doing all the world building and telling you all these things, you know, saying, not showing. But I'm like, what are you supposed to do? If they cut that stuff out, then you're going to say, well, the the argument would be they waited for three films to tell us all this other stuff. So I don't I don't know. It's it's just funny when they when they explain that stuff quickly in anime or in, in manga, you don't care. Right or even right. a Marvel movie when Doctor Strange goes, there's all these other worlds and these realms and gate you know dimensions and it's it's okay, but then when they do it in something where you know it's more sci-fi bented and it doesn't have a name that you're aware of, then we it gets like an unfair grade, you know, like it's so weird, man. The movie it's going to be, in my opinion, right now it's probably going to be the most underrated film of the year. I, I think it's that. it's going to be that one where you know. BuzzFeed will say that movie that was really underrated and none of you supported it. And I'm like, you fuckers, you were trashing that fucking film for like mm-hmm. a year <laughs> when it before it came out. Uh, we didn't support it. Sure. It's definitely going to, I think it's going to be one of those cult movies that people are going to look back on and be like, man, that movie was, was really, really good. And it's just a shame that, you know, we may not get a sequel to it. But hopefully, um, hopefully we'll we'll see it back in some form like maybe an anime series or something like that because i think maybe something an anime series on netflix would be fucking awesome you know and that's kind of what we're getting with pacific rim like the first pacific rim movie um, i think it did fairly well but not as good as it you know could have but it did really great overseas kind of like alita uh and then pacific rim two transformers yeah It, it, it the sequel to Pacific Rim to shit the bed. It was so stupid. Um, Guillermo del Toro walked away from it, so he had like no involvement in it, and they they skewed more towards like the the the, the young teenager uh, demographic, and it just completely lost what made Pacific Rim uh, so good. But now they're coming out with an anime series that looks really really awesome. 
Uh, and I think that could fit really well to continue that universe because I, I love Pacific Rim. Um, but I think maybe if doing something like that with Alita Battle Angel may be the best uh, move forward. But I, I think they did some amazing stuff from the visual effects standpoint, like you hit on earlier, Rob. That was hey, probably the coolest part about it. To tie this all together in some odd, weird way, earlier before we hit the record button, I had mentioned I'd been watching D Space Nine Season 6. And it looks like uh, the guy who plays Dull Gull Ducat was in Arena, and by the way, in the Last Starfighter. Ha! Look at that. Wow. Fun fact. Oh yeah, man. Pointless. I know. Pointless movie. I know. Right. All right. Man. Uh, really quickly, um, before we move on, um, I just want to hit a couple more points. Uh, high score girl. Uh, I think uh, one of you mentioned it earlier. I think uh, uh, Scotty, you you may have said something about it. You guys got to check this series out. It's really really cool, and especially. Okay, so you have watched it. Very good. Um, so for those who have not seen it yet, it's um, about uh, a couple uh, Japanese like uh, um, uh, kids, and they spend all their time after school. It's like set in the early 90s or late 80s, and they go and play uh, in the arcades. Uh, what's cool about it is they actually show footage from the arcade games. Like, So they, the, the first one, they're playing Street Fighter. And as they're playing, it's legit footage of street fighter playing and they're you know like they're going back and forth then they go later in the the next few episodes you'll see like final fight uh like ghosts and goblins it's really really awesome what did you think about it rob well it's been a long time coming so i had read the manga a few years back and i was like oh this is cool it's got all these arcade games in there and it's set in the uh in the early 90s and then they got sued in japan by all the arcade game companies uh, for for putting the arcade games in their manga, um, and then they settled out and worked out a deal, and then the the anime was finally announced, and they had to work out the licensing for that as well. Uh, I thought what it, what I was always worried about was like, well, how are they going to do? A lot of this is them sitting down there playing the arcade, and I don't know about you guys, but animating hands is fucking horrible. So this is a CGI anime, but what they did. I normally don't like CGI anime, but what they did is they really rendered it in a 2D way um, as much as possible so it doesn't mm-hmm. have that CGI-ness. But they're able to rotate around the arcade cabinets like yes. when they're playing back and forth. And it really works quite well. Like you, I, you, you know. And like any other cool anime, you, you learn something. So I was showing it to my wife and she actually now understands what the hell it is I'm doing when I play Street Fighter. She's like, oh, you're, you're <laughs> oh, turtling. Nice. You're cheating. You're an asshole. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking cheating. You fucking I'm an asshole, you know. Thanks, look, thanks, wife. Love you, you know. So <laughs> now you're a Street Fighter expert, you know. <laughs> That's hilarious. It does do some really cool stuff where it where it'll like show you certain techniques and you know tidbits about the games that most people probably don't know about. You know, like most people probably haven't heard of guile turtling and some of the other techniques that are kind of frowned upon, or you know, some of the stuff that you can do in Final Fight. Um, it's really neat. So, and, and it's on Netflix. So go check it out. Uh, I showed my kids. I was like, "Hey, I want you guys to sit down and watch this with me." They ended up watching the whole thing. They binge watched all of it. I watched two episodes, and I had to go off and do you know dad things, um, you know adult stuff. And they sat on the couch and watched it all without me. So I was like super pissed. I came back, and they were like on episode eight or nine. I'm like, "What are you doing? I thought this was gonna be something we're gonna watch together." And they're like, "Oh, I'm sorry." I'm like whatever, man. So. Um, yeah, kids I'm, today doing what they tell you to. Yeah, pretty. Or much. what you tell them to. Whatever, kids suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, one game I've been playing. I started playing it today. Uh, I saw it on uh, come across uh, 
uh, Twitter earlier, and I decided to check it out. It just released yesterday. It's called Tiny Dangerous Jun- Dungeons. It just came out on Steam. It's like for $4.50. But it's um, it's made to look like an old-school Game Boy game. Uh, it's a Metroidvania-style game, uh, so you're just exploring these dungeons. But it's all like that kind of puke green color, uh, you know, that was on the uh, OG Game Boy. Um, the the controls and everything are really, really good. It's it's super simple, um, very cute, and and just really fun to play. Uh, and so if you guys are looking for something to, to jump on Steam and give it a shot, it's not a super long game. You can get through it, you know, in, within an hour or less or so. Um, but it's just a fun game. And I think stuff like this is really cool, like taking a game back, being like a, you know, very simple type of game uh and and just kind of recreating those experiences that you had as a kid and but you don't have to play it on that shitty game boy screen with all the motion blur and everything else so um you guys should check it out if you uh if you have a few minutes to spare fun fact about the game boy all the games ran at 60 frames per second Mm. that's all i got it's fun fact 60 vomit colored frames per second (laughs) <laughs> but there were 60 frames per second, all right? That's what I'm saying. Just I saying. could poop at 60 frames a second. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. um, that's going to do it for what we've been up to. Scotty, do we got anything in the mail sack? Oh, yeah. So let me just... Yeah. <laughs> Oops, sorry, I didn't mean to shove the microphone actually in there. But, yeah, we, uh, somebody might have forgotten to send out a question. But, hey, at the last second, uh, Mr. Hayumuru asks, 32X games worth spending the money to buy an actual Sega 32X system for? Um, Hmm. Do either of you have a 32X yourselves? Of course. (laughs) I got my launch 32X. Oh, no. Yeah, I (laughs) I bought into the hype. Yeah, well, I mean, rightfully so. You've read Console Wars. You know what happened. Um, Yeah, I would say, I mean, okay, I guess we could each recommend a couple. I will uh, just at a quick Google glance on um, the Internet marketplaces. A 32X system itself goes for about 50 bucks loose, uh, about $140 if you can find it with all the cables and everything, the little metal attachment uh, prong thingies and such. I would say I don't know that I could wholeheartedly recommend $140, but um, some some solid games. Knuckle Chaotix. Knuckles Chaotix is a good two-player thing. Um, I haven't played the Star Wars one, but I've heard that's a good one. I heard that was like the truest console release of that game at the time. What have you have either of you guys played? I think that was all that was available at launch, right? That and Doom. Uh, the Star Wars game, yeah, uh, I own that, but um, I really couldn't tell you much about it. Star Wars arcade is more of like a Dragon's Lair thing, where you're kind of just hitting left or right based on you know the the way the screen lights up. It's all right. I highly recommend Shadow Squadron, um, especially okay. specifically co-op if you can, because what it is, it's a fully polygonal polygonal uh, space shooter. But you can do co-op, and it's basically Last Starfighter, the video game, when you do it in co-op. One person flies and the other shoots. So I, we used to just, this is why I got the 32X, is, is so I would just put that game in and then put the theme to The Last Starfighter on a loop. And then we <laughs> on my CD player, and we would just play that for about an hour. <laughs> nice. And it had fully, like, at the end of the level, it would do a full 3D replay of the entire 
you know, experience. Um, I mean, no analog sticks, so you, I didn't care at the time, but now that we're all used to it. I also thought the Virtua Racing port was really good on the 32X at the time. And at the time, it's Virtua Fighter or Virtua Fighter 2. I can't remember which one. Remember what, I think it was Virtua Fighter 2. Yeah, it was, was better than one. the Saturn. Mm-hmm. Like it was like the big joke it was like, ha ha ha. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was the first Virtual Fighter that was on yeah, the 32X, Virtual Fighter. Yeah. yeah, Virtual Racing was quite good on that too. Um, if I could recommend one game uh, that I think is really amazing is Calibri on the 32X. It's developed by um, Ed Annunziata, and you are a hummingbird that's going around like shooting bees. And it sounds crazy, um, but it's totally. Uh, like an Ed Annunziata game. Like, so if you're into that, like, you know, Echo the Dolphin, all that kind of stuff, it's got um, all those same kind of stylus sound effects and everything. It drops you in to the world. You have no idea what you're supposed to be doing. And you just have to kind of discover what your, the goal is. And it, it I, I really enjoy that game. I think it's beautifully done. Uh, and it's, you know, I don't think it's ever been released on anything else. It's just on the 32X. So yeah. in order to get it, like that's the one game. Like, I mean, that's the one platform you have to get. That's it the one where you played as a hummingbird, right? Yeah. Yeah. He really liked his nature games. That guy must have got high a lot, right? Like I that, don't that, know. That's what uh you know, that's yeah. kind of the, the going <laughs> rumors that you may have liked the ketamine a little bit, but I just remember it was this like beautiful hummingbird but they had this super 90s logo at the time it was like the cobra kai logo there was it was yeah. a little back but yeah it's it's look they, it's never been on anything else and if i remember right it was it was quite pretty there was like these aztec and serengeti planes backgrounds and stuff it's pretty cool yeah, yeah I mean, and unfortunately uh so i was gonna say unfortunately that one in chaotix so those are console exclusives so they're gonna be up there in price but if you can find them i have heard good things as well uh, like rob was saying about the virtual racing game i've heard that's a pretty solid racer um if you're looking for more like flashback like the game flashback kind of on pc apparently blackthorn is something that's kind of cool uh, it's a platformer but it's kind of among the prince of persia's and flashback and things like that um is it if you can find it at a convention for and it's everything and it's like between 50 and 100 bucks, I'd say maybe go for it, assuming you can find some cheap games. It's got a small library if you want to collect that whole library. <laughs> um, and then uh, one other question uh, he asked Wonder Mega versus CDX. So I guess that means which one would you go with? I'm always on a hunt for a Sega CDX and I know I'm never going to find one because they're like $800. The Wonder Mega is a... Oh, I guess I should say what that is. The Sega CDX is... It's not very... It's clunky, but it's not big. It's like smaller than the Gen 1 Genesis, um, but it's a Genesis and a Sega CD and a portable CD player, air quotes for portable. (laughs) Um, And then the Wonder Mega is... It's a little more wider, but that is a Genesis and a a Sega CD in one. Uh, I'm trying to see who that was actually made by though but that's a weird thing i don't know uh if that's an official like i didn't even product i didn't even see one until we were at e3 right chris when we're at that booth that had all those like variations and that was in there i'm like what the hell is that like that looks awesome what is that you so it's a wonder mega i'm like i don't even what the fuck's a wonder mega i have to get me a wonder mega one of these days because it has those those pastel buttons that the atari xt had Mm mm-hmm Right, and it so it looks like a cross between like an Atari XT, like Blade Runner, and a Sega Saturn in a way, like a little bit, like Like a 1980s keyboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked cool. I mean, 
but yeah. I, I have no clue in terms of like what did it just play the Sega just, CD games? Like, yeah, there's also a karaoke button on it. So, oh joy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> clearly designed for the American audience. Yeah, mm-hmm. this was this was an Asia exclusive. If I'm <laughs> okay, that might be why I can't find uh, yeah, the only was, auctions I'm seeing is like a thousand dollars for the. It thing. was never released in the states or North America. Does it, does it come with jazz rendition of Metallica songs too? <laughs> like you know, like <laughs> something that'll play really well in a sushi bar. All right. Cool. Well, for me, like I would say, like I would rather have a Wonder Mega. I own a CDX. I got it off uh, Craigslist for like seventy bucks. And, um, oh my gosh. Yeah, um, and so, and I owned one like, oh, a long time ago as well. But the CDX is cool for what it is. But I think the Wonder Mega is just a more neat novelty. Um, I wouldn't use either one as my main way of playing. You know, like no, I've heard the the game. CDX is pretty shoddy. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely something you wouldn't want to use as your main system. The Wonder Mega looks way cooler. The CDX just looks like a crappy Panasonic CD player we all had from the nineties. They were like, it's got bass boost. It's got bass boost. I don't know what the hell that did, but it. it, (laughs) There's some really funny Keith Apicary videos out there where he actually takes the the CDX as a portable, like, uh, and and uh, is like walking around town dancing and and listening to uh, some CD on with his headphones in and stuff. It looks like the the Gear Wolverine War when he broke out of the Weapon X facility. You know, like it's just like a twenty pound yeah. electronic device hanging from your heart. All right, you know. it's pretty funny. So. so that's that's our that's our opinions. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna zip up the mail sack with the CDX and the Wonder Mega in there and just uh, toss it in the ocean because you don't need either of those. I don't think. No, no. And that was the mail sack. And now, why don't we jump into the news sack? And we got some really cool news this week. But before we get into the news, we had a, a pretty big release this week. Uh, Toe Jam Roll back in the groove by uh, Greg Johnson and his team at Human Nature Studios. This game is something that's kind of near and dear to my heart. Uh, I've been following it, man, like literally like he Greg Johnson had talked to me about this game uh, probably a year before they announced the the Kickstarter for the game. And so I had been talking with him, you know, for a long time about it. And so I had known that it was in development and he had been wanting to do this. Um, And so I had I felt like I had a lot in, invested in this game as far as just just in terms of like seeing you know make seeing it to the end and, and and getting it released and and all that kind of stuff because throughout this whole process I me and Greg had had talked a lot and and you know he had shared a lot of stuff with me and I was just so happy to to see this finally come to fruition because it was delayed many times there was a lot of people that were upset with the way that they kind of handled the the Kickstarter and that they weren't they didn't feel like they were communicating enough and all this. And they had, it was weird because they had like gone through a couple different publishers. They were indie at one point in time. They're going to publish it themselves. And then they signed with adult swim games. They're with them for a little while, maybe a year and a half. And then they'd announced that they were going to move away from adult swim games. And then they were going to say that, Oh, we're going to self publish again. Then they joined up with limited run games. It was, it was a weird and crazy development cycle for this game um, but long story short the game is finally out been in development for like four and a half years and uh came out uh what was it yesterday march 1st right scotty sorry i have myself muted yes march 1st was the release worldwide and we ended up streaming it last night uh, mm-hmm. and we went through a full playthrough 
of the game. Um, I I did not. I, I think I would may have been a part of the beta or I had some early demo or something like that, but I never ended up playing it because I wanted to wait until the, the final game uh, had been released. And it feels more like a... It feels very much like the first game, almost to the point where you could say it's a remake of the first game. What do you think, Scotty? Yeah, um, it, it, it's, it's very much a revamped first game but it has nods to the second game um panic on funkatron in panic for example in panic on funkatron you like put a coin in a meter a button would come up a platform would appear etc etc it has the bonus levels from panic on funkatron where you can earn, earn extra gifts and stuff but it is the roguelike uh wandering around planet earth because you stole the spaceship again you crash landed with your girlfriends and you've got to get the pieces back again um but i thought it was a lot more fair than the earlier game was uh a quicker paced you had weapons that actually did stuff against the earthlings that you're fighting you have more helpful earthlings as well um i liked it it was a good chill time uh we had some there were there there they're fixing some bugs here and there i actually reported the one that i encountered where the 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 stat like bubble would not disappear from above my head um so they're addressing stuff they've been a lot more communi- uh communicating a lot better with the community than they started to um with bugs and everything and just the game in general so i liked it overall i'm gonna keep playing it through i'm i'm glad that it exists yeah um one thing that you reminded me about um so i also got one of the 8-bit dough uh m30 genesis controllers it's like a remake of the uh the six button genesis controller but it's bluetooth so you can sync it up with your you know switch or ps4 or any or whatever um but it has a usb um attachment so i was able to i i was hoping that i could play it with uh toe jam and earl on my pc uh but for whatever reason the uh the buttons aren't mapped correctly for toji and earl and so i was like okay well i'll just go in and like remap the buttons but there's no option to do that in the game so you basically if you plug a like usb controller in and the buttons aren't auto mapped uh to coincide or correspond with what you have on your controller you're kind of out of luck and so i i put in my 360 uh wired controller and that worked fine so i was able to play it but i was kind of bummed that I wasn't able to play with this new controller because um, I was really wanting to do that. And what's funny is I played tiny, that, that tiny dungeons games I was telling you about earlier. It was like the game boy version or the game boy uh, style of game. And it has a, a an option to remap your, your, uh, your con- controller buttons. And I was able to do that and play with my eight bit dough controller, but couldn't do that in Toji Mineral. Um, I ended up, saying something about it on Twitter and they're saying that they're going to look into adding that, which I hope they do. Um, but yeah, you said something about it's like a very chill game. And I think that is, is one of the, the best ways to describe to Jim and Earl is that it's kind of like a very laid back, you know, sitting on the couch with a friend. It's very much a, a shared experience. And if you're not, if you're playing it by yourself, I think you're missing out on, on what the game is supposed to be about. You know, I think it's a game that you're supposed to play with your friends it's toe jam and earl you got to have you know if you're toe jam you got to have your earl and vice versa and if you don't have that something is missing i think and i don't think you're getting the full kind of experience of what the game is supposed to be about right yeah and apparently there uh there's a four player mode 
it it didn't uh i'm glad we didn't try it last night because i heard they were still working out some kinks and that is coming to switch eventually but there's somehow a four-player mode as well which i think is awesome we should figure out a way to do that and so we can get me you rob and marson all playing together which would be sure. a lot of fun that could be crazy i'm down yeah marson's so, uh, not gonna show up don't, <laughs> don't damn it marson fucking marson it asshole um but yeah like i don't know we're gonna um I, I, I want to keep playing the game. So one of the, some of the cool additions um, to this game is so as you, you play through the game and you can unlock characters, uh, there's unlockable characters, but then you also get uh, these um, different hats that you can get. Uh, you collect these hats and once you play through the game again, they uh, they give you certain like stat boosts when you put the hat on. And it seems like after once you go to each level, a new hat will randomly like come on your head so i don't think you can just like select a hat and you get that hat for the rest of the game it's like randomized like each time you come out of the elevator you get a different hat and it does something different to your character and yeah then... there was uh i guess this will kind of tailor into how much they've added in this game i equipped the rhythm hat which is just i'm just wearing one drum on my head <laughs> and um i of course had to do that since i play drums but and what it enhances is your rhythm in the rhythm games. There is a rhythm game within this game. Uh, for those that played Panic on Funkatron, in <clears throat> after some levels or in the middle of some levels or whatever, you uh, run into Peebo and he'd be hanging out next to a boombox and he'd say like, "All oh, right, uh, copy me," and it would be uh, like A B C would be the different buttons you hit for I think it was clap something and I don't even remember. Doesn't matter, but. Um, it was a uh, what's it called? The Guitar Hero does, but you guys know what I'm talking about when the notes come down the screen. I forget what the the word is for it. Um, I know what you mean. Yeah, but that happens, and you actually create the rhythm, and then they say, "Okay, play it back," and you play it again. Or there's another one where you run into them, and you have to play what they tell you to. So there's a rhythm game that could just happen while your buddy's off trying to find the spaceship piece or whatever else. So it's just there's so much going on in this game. Yeah, um, I, I definitely love the the addition of the hats. Um, there's just a lot more to do. It feels like just a much more flesh out experience, and um, just that alone, I think it's it's a reason for old school Toe Merrill fans to jump back um, into this. It takes some getting used to. From the there's a definitely a new art style with it. It's kind of um, I don't know if you call it cell shaded or or, or what. Um, but it looks different, but I think it looks good too. Like the, the animations are done fairly well. Like all the characters emote uh, really well, I think. Um, and it's uh, it's just a fun game. I'm really looking forward to jumping in with it um, with my kids. Uh, hopefully I can do that this weekend and we can play through it. Because me and Odin, we would play through the original Toe Gem Earl together. Um, and he would get a little frustrated with it because he, you know, it, it was kind of a tough game. Um, but, uh, this game seems, a, it, it could be a little more, um, forgiving. You can ha actually select a difficulty level. Uh, and there's, you can also level like, uh, as you play through the game, you get more experience too, like where you're searching around and doing different things, um, different, uh, I guess, uh, things that you do throughout each level will, will gain you experience. Like if you go and like search a, uh, a tree or a bush, you'll get like a, a few experience points for that they add up and you go find uh, the carrot dude and you he'll gain you uh, 
you'll talk to him and you'll actually gain a level and then you'll get uh, more stat boosts on different things. Um, and so there's just, it, it, it's a much more updated game. There's some good quality of life stuff uh, going on. I, I think it's a, a great game. And it, this is something that uh, I, th- I think it's a success, you know, for, for Greg Johnson and, and his, his team at human nature studios. I'm, I'm really, really happy for them. And I think it's something that they can look back on and be very proud of. And say that, you know, like this, you know, we went back and, and gave the fans a new Toe Jam and Earl game. And now we could kind of like go forward and, and move on to our next, uh, you know, project. Yeah, I think uh, one last thing I'll say is because you mentioned the art style. Um, it looks like it was all it looks like it's drawn like a Saturday morning cartoon, like the the X, the original Xbox game they went 3d and it, I think it looked a little, it was a little too dark in my opinion, but this one, I feel like if they had tried to make it look any more quote unquote realistic, it would have lost its charm. I think mm-hmm. they fit a good, they found a good, uh, a, a good middle ground with it looking like it's been hand drawn and it's like stickers on a piece of cardboard. If I had my way, it would have been claymation with key and peel, but I don't get my way. So <laughs> I could see claymation working with them. Maybe that's how the cutscene should have been. That would have been interesting, um, but it was it was fun. So I will will definitely be playing some more of that. Maybe we can uh, maybe we can try to arrange a live stream one of these weeks where all four of us jump on together. That that could be fun and probably disastrous too. <laughs> we'll see. It took it. I it. Oh boy. I mean, it says how much easier the game is that we got to level twenty five and didn't even know we were at the end of the fixed world game. And we had to go back and get the spaceship pieces. So if if the difficulty of the first game was what turned you off, which I completely understand, um, yeah, I would still recommend giving this one a shot if you like the first Toe Jam and Earl. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's get on to the rest of the news now. I think, Scott, you got the first uh, piece of news for us. Yes, I will open up this other sack that is totally not the same sack that had the mail in it. <laughs> Uh, and we're going to talk about a game coming to the, I closed the window cause I'm an idiot. All right. Uh, <laughs> the mega SG being made by analog who did the, um, super NT and the NT, which are those, uh, their FPGA, um, clone consoles that play whatever cartridge of that console you throw into. And they've had some games packed in on them. Uh, there is a Turrican 2 on the Super NT. And what's happening this time around with the Mega SG by Analog is they are including an unreleased Genesis game called Hardcore. Tentative title. Tentative title. I kind of hope they change that title. Um, but that game is going to be packed into the console. It's a it's a Turrican inspired game, uh, run and gun kind of deal. Um, very, it looks cool. I like the artwork a lot, and uh, it's um, it's also going to get released. Uh, they announced a little bit ago through oh strictly limited, uh, which is run by the game's developers. This game was originally made by Dice, which back then they were called Digital Illusions. Um, came to be known as dice they make battlefield and stuff like that now uh but yeah it's going to be packed in on the actual console so that's really cool i i would probably i'm into the games like this uh, uh an indie game that recently came out on dreamcast called gun lord it's very similar to that um but yeah you'll be able to get it on ps4 switch and vita also or i'm sorry ps4 vita and steam i don't know about a switch version um, but it's going to be packed into this console that is now pre-orderable. So I'm excited for this because 
it's cool to see a game unearthed. Uh, I wouldn't argue that it's Sega's Star Fox 2 or anything, but still neat that it's going to exist. What do you guys think? I can I can go, but uh, Rob, if you want, if you had something to say, I'd I'd defer to you, good sir. Yeah, I mean, I've I I watched the hardcore video. It, it's all right. I mean, it's kind of a Turrican-ish kind of game. Mm-hmm. Um, stiff, you know, animation on the main character, a little bit repetitive. I thought one of the cool effects was that you could shoot the walls and they they would uncover new areas and they didn't have any. I won't say they didn't have any like discernible like that's a wall you got to shoot. So it was definitely that. I thought that was cool the way it was handled, uh, and the music yeah. was nice. But it's it's more of of a bonus than it like a driving. Go, oh my God, that's the lost hidden game. Like it's like, oh, this is cool. I can definitely see this would have been a pretty solid, you know, uh, uh, game on the Genesis back in the day. So yeah, yeah, it was being made way later in the life cycle, and this was, uh, I mean, the Saturn, the 32X was already out, I believe, and things like that. So that's pretty much why it didn't come out. But yeah, it's not. You know, people probably did get the classic SNES for Star Fox too. People aren't going to get the Super NT for this game, but it is still kind of cool. Like you said, a bonus. I think uh, this is it, it is a bonus, but I, I think the Mega SG is something that's going to be uh, really uh, enticing for for people out there that are looking to have a more, uh, I guess, easier uh, way of connecting their their system to like their HD TV, um, but still getting a as as accurate gameplay as possible through that because you go back and look at all the other clone systems that have come before it and they're all basically system on a chip uh and they're all emulating uh the the genesis and you're never going to get you know 100% accurate emulation it just it just hasn't been able to be done today uh, you know at games all the other ones like the retro freak i think the retro freak is probably done it the best at least in my experience um it's it's really well done uh the sound is is really good but um this is fpga and so this is going to to play the genesis games pretty much at 100 accuracy so you're going to be able to get the most uh genuine uh gameplay experience as you would be playing a regular sega genesis but you're going to be able to plug it in via HDTV, like be from your HDMI, I should say. Uh, and so this is going to be the best experience you can get up to date, up, up to this date. Keeping in mind that Sega is also looking at releasing their Mega Drive Mini at some point this year. So it's going to be interesting to see like what path they go down with that. Are they going to be packing in a system on a chip in their Mega Drive Mini? And if so, I would say the Mega SG is the system to get if you want to get as accurate of um, reproduction in the gameplay and sound and everything else um, in your in your game. If you don't care about that, then you can go and play the uh, bad games like Flashback HD and you'll be fine and happy. But if you if you're looking for an accurate experience, then I think this is going to be the system to get. Yeah, and I believe uh, you might actually be able to hook up the 32X to this thing. I'm trying to double check that. Yes, yes, you can. You can. Um, they did announce that, and the 8BitDo controllers are uh, the the M30 uh, is going to also be compatible with it. So you'll be able to play it like via Bluetooth, apparently. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah. I think it'll have Sega CD hookups as well. So there you go, folks. Oh, joy. Mm-hmm. It's not that expensive either. I think it's like a 150 bucks or something like that. Uh, so, 189. 189. Okay. So, um, <laughs> it, it, well, you know, it's, it's, it's on the more expensive side when you compare it to other clone consoles. Yeah. <laughs> that was, was the turnaround for that was hilarious. Chris. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, I think it's totally affordable. How much is it? 389. Yeah. You know, okay. Well, I mean, sure. All right. No, it's not 389. <laughs> it's when you said 189, right? It's 789, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. It's $5 million. Um, no, it's, uh, it's 189.99. So, after tax, it'll be like two something. Ridge Racer, exactly. You got a little E three there, Chris. Little, yeah. little, little. <laughs> two ninety nine. Oh, well, <laughs> it's not that much. So if you're if you're looking at this is going to be this is something that's that's aimed for a specific like demographic of of gamers out there, right? Like this isn't going to be something that uh, it's like on. A demographic hey <laughs> they're, they're targeting my fucking wallet you know i mean how, right. let's be honest you've unloaded how many retro consoles this year oh i've had like all of them you know what i'm saying <laughs> right. like no, like I, own I, everything. I don't have any of them though so this is probably more for me than getting a retro on or something yes yeah the, the i have i dude i i've got all the at games this consoles oh man ridiculous um I have the Retron Five. I got the Retro Freak. Um, the other one is the the oh the Hyperkin. They came out with their um, their right. Sega Genesis or Mega Drive. I forget what it's called. So they came out with that earlier this year. Um, that one's much more affordable. I think that's in like the probably the seventy dollar range. But I think that's a system on a chip too. Um, and so you are going to be paying a little bit more money. You're probably going to be paying close to double what you would um, some of these other ones. But it's it's a matter of like you have a choice. Like, do you want to sacrifice the, the accuracy and in, in the game uh, for the money or are you willing to, you know, pay a little bit? It, it, so it, it all just depends on like, what's more important for you. Like, do you want just to be able to get the, you know, the, the cheap version that, you know, kind of can get it done. And for the most part, most people would probably be fine with, with the hyperkin system or the ad games or, or whatever. And, and they probably wouldn't notice it all that much. But if you're one of those people that are diehard, you know, that you want your your games played, you know, 100% accurately, this is the system you're going to want. Um, so I'm going to pick it up. It comes out next month in April. No, I Jesus. know you're definitely yeah. going to pick it up. <laughs> I would like and, to, but so, hey, Scotty, what, what's mm-hmm. the over under on before he resells it? Like, what uh, do you think? Oh, you think it'll boy. last a year? I like, over under a year. He will. <laughs> sell it he will convince someone it's so great that they'll buy it off of i don't know what you guys are talking about i haven't i don't resell any of my system when you you guys check them like what do you do when you're when you're offloading all your i don't offload any of my consoles when you guys come when you guys come uh for too many games i'm going to show you my harry potter closet and you're gonna see (laughs) how many fucking consoles i have like all of my shit is relegated to a closet under the stairs Right, hey, he did that in your your best Michael Jackson impersonation is possible. Yeah, right. <laughs> your Harry Potter closet. Can you just? Yeah. <laughs> and that's where they're all at. I don't sell any of my consoles. They're all right there, tucked away. Um, and I, I don't, I don't sell any of my shit. So I mean, he did say that he's looking for a new house. It probably has nothing to do with the size of the family. Oh no, no, I need space for my my systems and games. That's that's the most important mm-hmm. thing. If I'm looking for a new house, I need a basement with dedicated space where I can 
display all my shit. That's what I'm missing out on right now. And uh, hey, this is cheaper than one of those uh, Samsung Fold phones that's coming out. So just, yeah, compare it to that. Yeah, God, those things are like $1,800. Well, that, that just solves everything. Fantastic. Thanks, thanks for that. No problem. <laughs> um, I'm excited that it's existing. It's a solid way to play. You know, I'm afraid to turn my Model 1 Genesis on anymore because I don't know that it would. I just like to look at it anymore because I don't know how well it'll work. So it'll be cool to play these on a plug them into an HD TV and go. Who knows? Maybe it will make a uh, a surprise appearance at our booth at Too Many Games. So keep Locked your eyes down. Yeah, I like how you guys the floor. Defend that. Defend yeah. this. <laughs> I would like to get it. But, you know, like, the thing, can can a, we give it a little crown too? Can they have like a little chair we could put it on? A little scepter? Like I don't have a dog in the fight. I already said like my my go to system is the retro freak. I love that thing. But I'm just saying like. For those people who are like super like nerdy about this kind of stuff that that want that hundred percent accuracy, that's that's this is a system for them. That's not necessarily me. Like I I'm fine with my retro freak, but I'm just gonna get it because I want to be able to talk about it. I want to be able to talk about it on Mega Visions um, and do a review on it, all that kind of stuff. Um, and you know, if we're gonna be uploading gameplay footage um, on you know like Twitch or our YouTube channel or something like that. That's the system you want to put it on because you're going to be able to get like super crisp recording and it's going to be 100% accurate. So that if you're going to if you're looking at it from that standpoint, like this is a system to be able to get for that. But for me, like I'm fine with my retro freak. I don't need any of it. My, my retro freak sitting right here by my side. You know, anytime I want to play any of my uh, Genesis games, I load that up. Um, but Bye, buddy. My buddy. <laughs> i will say not only defending the console but analog makes good stuff too so i have more faith in this than any of the retron other stuff i've seen you're just afraid of vowels is all i maybe what, <laughs> you, what? Look at, you look at all their shit they just take out the vowels in their thing they they took the the oh the in the name i thought yeah. you meant in analog's name i was really confused no, okay the in the a and it's the sg and so that's a weird thing that companies are doing now. It's like they're going to create a new website like, OK, like the travel network. Right. They rebranded it and just took out the the vowels. And now it's like TRVL and it's like travel. And that's like the cool thing. I don't Mountain do. I don't know when this this like trend happened of like we're going to just rebrand our 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 channel or our website or whatever but we're just going to cut out all the vowels and it's still going to, it's, it's more trendy to do it that way. I don't, I don't get that, but that's a thing that's been happening the past few years. And it kind of bothers me. Mountain Dew. This mountain. What, what are you talking about? Mountain Dew did that. Mountain Dew is just MTN D E W now. God damn it. See, <laughs> you didn't know that. Oh, I don't keep up with Mountain Dew. Sorry. Sorry. All right. Uh, let's move on to something positive, I guess, somehow. Uh, before, before, I got to go. Before, uh, before I become mega visits. Do you say you gotta head out, Rob? Pretty soon, guys. I gotta get to the barbershop. Okay. Let me let me just get your thoughts on on this next piece of news, and you can pop out, Rob. It'll take like ten minutes tops, but it's not good news. It's not good news, like Scotty tried to allude to. That was that was not good. I don't know what's going on. I just sit here. <laughs> so, did you guys know that uh, PS Vita production has ended in Japan? Um, it's not. They're not producing any more Vitas, and apparently. They're not doing any more Vita cartridges anymore either. 
any more of the uh, the little little cute little chips that you'd be able to plug in your little cards into your your Vita system. Boy, I hope they keep the memory cards alive. God damn it! Oh, those are still going to be going strong for years. But um, so yeah, they um, they Sony announced that uh, the Vita production is going to end sometime this year. And uh, so basically, what's happening though is that because of this, is they're not producing any more Vitas, but also any more cartridges. Um, a lot of uh, companies that had planned to release Vita games uh, are basically having to delay a lot of these games, like um, Banner Saga, uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, uh, 13th Sentinels uh, Aegis Rim was uh, one that I think Se- uh, Sega was developing that. I think I saw hmm. that at E3. Uh, I think it may be also coming to the DS or the 3DS. I'm not sure, but... Um, I guess limited run went and bought like a shit ton of uh, cartridges for the Vita um, so that they could release some of their games um, on the Vita. And I don't know, man, like this is kind of a, it's kind of a bummer because I loved the Vita. Uh, You know, there was, it wasn't a perfect system, especially from like kind of the, the OS side of things. Um, And you're right, uh, Sky, like you said, like Sony really dropped the ball on uh their expandable memory and all that sort of thing um it wasn't it wasn't a good way of how they rolled that out but what i want to get you guys to kind of talk about is uh what do you think the vita's lasting impact on the industry is going to be and and how do you think it's going to be remembered uh you know like after it's finally gone and you know like a few years from now as we look back how are you going to remember that and uh rob i'll let you go first since you gotta head out of here well, ultimately, Chris, I think it'll be remembered for you trying to pimp the analog Vita PS in about a couple years. Yeah, you know, baby. About a production, like uh, they charge four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. Good job, buddy. Yeah, and it comes with the uh, the weird jewel puzzle bobble like uh, OS. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the original OS on the PS Vita worked fine. Why they changed it, I'll never know. Um, on the PSP. So, I mean, I, I was there with the original PSP. Uh, I even got the second PSP Slim, and then I did that Grand Theft Auto hack to be able to, you know, mod it. And then I put my... I modded it just so I could put Crash Team Racing on my my PSP. So... <laughs> and those X-Men arcade games. Uh, no, that's it. Just Crash Team oh, Racing. No. That, that's, that's all that's on there. I took it around everywhere, and I played the... I, I love crashing raising. Um, <clears throat> look, the PSP and the Vita gave us RPG games when it seemed they couldn't be put on any other system for some reason. Like for some reason, when the new systems came out, they every RPG had to be some giant hundred million dollar game. It couldn't just give us retro RPGs with HD graphics for some reason. I don't. I mean, when I say HD, I mean it could have literally been just the pixel stuff, just in high res. So I don't understand why that stopped. But on the PSP, I was able to get games like Joan of Arc and a grip of other cool RPGs. So I'm pretty thankful for that. However, man, let's just be honest. Like Sony just did not too many iterations of hardware and not enough like blanket content for that that system. I mean, and I was really quite amazed at how Nintendo managed to take that away from them when they had that ugly fatty ds back in the day you know like and that was terrible 
Yeah, I mean, I even had the Japanese one just because it was black. I'm you know, just trying to get the black, like, trying to get something cool out of it because I'd played that Kirby's Rainbow Curse. And I was like, this is amazing. But that system was fucking horrible. It looked like a game.com. Yeah, it really, it, it's, <laughs> it's hard. It's probably the worst hardware they've ever produced, visually speaking. I say probably it's the worst visually. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the Virtual Boy had, look, there's some kind of curiosity factor when you see a Virtual Boy. But if you see right. the original Fatty DS, eh. uh, but the Vita always, or the PSP and the Vita always, I mean, the look of it always looked good. It just got slimmer, lighter. The D pad actually worked. You know, eventually, not on the original system. Um, but let's, I mean, they, they got weird though, right? So they went from the, the PSP with the, 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 the discs, which, you know, you had maybe a 90-minute power with that. Then they had the, uh, the PSP Go, which was like no disc, download only. Remember, you had like that sliding oh, yeah. thing? Yeah, it would have been cool if it was just, if it had another stick and I don't know. But they uh, went we weren't the, ready for it. It was all digital. Or all and they went with those expensive Sony memory sticks. Yep. You know? So, like, there was just... There was... In the book that will get written about the history of the PSP, it will be solely blamed on Sony corporate for screwing it up, not the developers. Because I think we can admit it probably had the strongest lineup of games from a developer standpoint. I mean, the God of War games were amazing. The Uncharted games were amazing. The RPGs were amazing. The hardware was there um, and it, with D-pads and buttons and everything, but corporate just didn't know what the hell to do with that system. I agree. Like they, they, in the beginning, it's, it almost felt like they wanted to bring a console experience to a handheld and have these like super big budget games. Like, um, like you had just mentioned, but then, you know, as it kind of progressed and as the Vita kind of kept growing, it kind of fell into its its own where they had more smaller experiences that that fit better with with what the system was capable of doing. And it there was so many great indie games that were released on the Vita. Um, and it just there were a lot of just missteps early on. From the very beginning with that, when they had the two different models where there was one that had like 3G um, capability oh and it was like $100 more, but it you did you weren't even able to play games online like with the with the 3G like that. And that was one of the, the biggest like kind of, I think, um, misconceptions or, or the, the confusion about it, because when, when Sony would show it off in, in their trailers and the commercials, it, it made you think that if you. You know, I think it was AT and T that that powered yeah, the data. So if you got this this you know more expensive, it's like I don't know if it's like three ninety nine or four fifty or whatever it was. Um, but if you got that, then you'd be able to play games online wherever you're at. But that wasn't really the case. Like you could get you know some sort of internet connectivity, but you weren't actually able to play like online games. You have to be on Wi Fi. And so from that standpoint, that was like a, a really big misstep i think they should have just went with the, the 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 lower tier model and that would have been it from the very beginning um they they messed up on the expandable memory like it was way too expensive so that meant that you only could install like a few different games and then you're maxed out and so and and then even from the os standpoint it was like they couldn't figure out if like they wanted to make it more like a mobile experience or something more of like a traditional I, like handheld can i add one thing to this before and i gotta roll i'll just add this one last thing it reminds me of how 
in today's modern big publishers, they seem to be over monetizing their games through DLC, right? And not giving enough base content. Sony sort of did the same thing, but with the hardware size. Like they gave you the system, but they would over monetize all the accessories like sticks and accessories and powers. You need to get a thumbstick to actually make the fucking analog thing work. And, you know, it's just, and then there was like a new system every two years, I think, you know, if I did the math right. And so it just, it, I, I still have UMD movies. I got the Predator on UMD somewhere. Right Hell now. yeah, you got hackers? <laughs> I hope you have hackers. <laughs> I got Predator, Batman Begins, and some fucking stupid movie. Like, gotta be, you gotta get hackers. <laughs> yeah so all right guys i gotta roll all right take it easy all right take it easy man yeah i was gonna say that sony did the sony thing in america because it was very much they would be like hey we have the psp i don't know whatever here it is you should play that uh nothing happens oh we got the psp go now you should check this out because it does stuff and your kids and cool and hip and awesome uh whatever oh hey we've got these move controllers now you guys want that right it was in we had motion controls in development way longer than nintendo check out these move controllers oh whatever uh oh wait hey we got the vita have you guys seen the vita it's like the wii u controller but better and you can use it as a controller for your ps3 you get free games with ps plus and you got all this other stuff too. Uh, whatever. Oh, hey, there's the PlayStation TV now. It's basically yeah. the Vita, but a console. It was like they never tried. They launched with stuff, and that was it. Like, and it didn't help that, for instance, Gravity Rush is honestly one of my. I don't know. It's got to be in my top. Eh, it's in one of my top lists. Gravity Rush is a really good time because it's. It reminds me of what Knights would have been if it was a more expansive game, right. uh, Knights into Dreams, and that was on the Vita, but it was hard to play with the. Uh, moving your actual system around and stuff. Um, but then they released it on the PS4. Why would you do that if you want people to play the Vita? And then Gravity Rush 2 came out on the PS4, not the Vita. Um, I still play my Vita. I still play uh, mainly PS... Well, not even mainly. I play Sonic and All-Star Racing Transformed on that and actually Duke Nukem 3D a lot. Um, but otherwise, it's a lot of PS1 games on there. So unfortunately, no like exclusives, but it's such a great system. I still really like it. The Sonic Racing port was amazing. It was really yeah. good. I, I own that, and that's a lot of fun. Uh, the PlayStation TV, I thought, was a huge missed opportunity uh, in that um, not too long after uh, Sony released it, they came out with PlayStation View, which is their right. streaming uh, you know, cable uh, you know. Uh, service and but the problem is that you couldn't use it on the playstation tv which is like such a huge fucking like failure in that like this is a system that you should be able to put in like connect to your living room tv you can play uh your vita games on it but you should have been able to also stream playstation tv on it and when that came out and you couldn't use it it just at it, there was no reason to have it anymore because they they did have PlayStation Now, which was their their game streaming service that you could play through it. And I think eventually they cut that out as well from the system. Um, and so at that point, it was just a, a dead device. Like there was really no reason yeah. to have it. Um, and that's in in that in that sort of way, I think Sony reminds me of Sega in a lot of ways, where. Sega would come out with a new piece of hardware without really thinking of where it would fit in in the in like the console space or like what it's going to do like once they release it and then soon after they would like discontinue it or whatever. Um, Sony does that a lot, and it's also something that uh, got Sega in a lot of trouble, um, like with the 32X, the the Sega CD, and 
and um, everything else. But, you know, like I, I think in the end, like I think the Vita is going to be one of the it was like one of the, the most powerful handheld that we've ever seen um, right. tr- traditional handheld. But I think it's also going to be looked at as the the biggest missed opportunity because it could and should have been way better than it ended up being. And I think Sony just dropped the ball on the Vita in so many ways. And it, it, it could have been a really revolutionary system and it's just a shame that it didn't see its full potential. Um, but I'm going to look back on it very fondly. I had a lot of fun with my Vita. I ended up, I, I lost my Vita. I don't know what happened. Oh. To it. Um, I, I don't know if I was just traveling and I misplaced it or got stolen. I don't know what happened to it. Just one day um, I was looking for it and I, I just couldn't find it anywhere. And so I'm going to have to pick up one again um, because I do own a lot of games for it. And limited run is still yeah, wow. recording it, and and that's really cool of them. Like those guys are are really awesome. I really respect what they're doing over there, and they're they're still supporting the Vita. Um, and I I just it's it's a shame, you know, like that it's it's kind of going away now. Uh, and yeah. I don't I don't know what I don't know what the future is for the handheld market. Like I don't know if eh, phones, right? And that's the thing is like is Nintendo. Are they gonna? What what is their next iteration of the the 3ds after that? Do they have have plans on coming out with another handheld, or are they just going to release something that is is maybe a smaller form factor? Like I don't know, going to run like Switch games or what? Like I I don't know, I don't know what the the future is there. But um, if if this is going to be kind of the end for traditional handhelds, uh, I think the Vita is going to be remembered as like the 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 best from a hardware standpoint of all time. Yeah, it's weird. I, we've, we didn't even mention the remote play. You could play PS4 games on your Vita. Mm. Um, but uh, it um, it didn't have a Pokemon, you know, it like right. the 3DS and the DS and all the way back to the Game Boy did. Um, I never cared about my 3DS and my DS systems. I had a couple games on it I played, but yeah, definitely the Vita, I played more. Um, and... Uh, uh yeah i'm excited for my my version of night trap to be on its way so i don't know how but that's probably the last vita uh, maybe not the last physical game i'll buy because i'm sure i'll find stuff at conventions and trade shows and everything but um it had some cool stuff there's a monkey ball on there the katamari game on there is really cool because you could actually um the katamari domacy game on the vita you could stretch out the katamari by touching the screen and like swiping outward uh, or it might have been on the back screen, the back touch panel. And you could also like squish the Katamari together and make it skinny and fit through tinier spaces. So like that was a game that used it um, with cool stuff like that. Uh, the Uncharted game, I remember you could like wipe off uh, artifacts and stuff. I think it kind of overdid that, but it was also a launch game. So why not? Um, and Persona 4 Golden, that's arguably the best version of that game, is on the Vita. That's why I got a TV to play through that on TV, because I have a hard time playing, well, A, RP, JRPGs, and B, handheld games are not uh, for me if they're in long spurts like that. But um, I, um, uh, working in games retail, it was pretty hard to sell the 3G versus the regular model, because that didn't make sense to anybody why you would need that. So, especially when they would trade in, and if you trade them in, they're used, so you don't have a SIM card with them anymore, so they're essentially the same console. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's, that was a 
dumb thing like you said they did i don't know what they were thinking i think i feel like that was part of their like that was when sony was getting it was either after or around the time they were releasing releasing that sony phone that was essentially a psp or a vita pretty much the experience uh, play i owned one yeah okay yeah so i think they were trying to figure out how to create an atmosphere uh what's it called um their whole is that what it, is that the word I'm looking for? The 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 climate the ecosystem? or system? Yes, that's the word. The ecosystem. <laughs> I think they were trying to. They just didn't know how to bring everything together into their ecosystem like that with phones, handhelds, and consoles. If they could have got it right, it would have been amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen a, a an Xperia Play Two that that may have been able to to play some of the Vita stuff. That would have been really really awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, like it's it's a bummer uh there like you said there's a lot of great games on there hopefully you know as uh you know the the prices will come down on the vita and some of the games as we go forward uh and maybe some of those people that just never got around to playing it will experience it because there is a lot of really good games out there for it and and it is a a a really fun system to play so yeah it was always cool getting the free games with ps plus i'm bummed that that i mean obviously that's not happening anymore but it was pretty neat to have even if it was just the free version of a ps3 game or a ps4 game but the vita version it was still cool yep yep definitely so um all right well i think that is going to wrap up uh the show uh, I do want to to give a few shout outs really quick. Um, some housekeeping stuff. We updated the the Megavisions website over the past uh, week or so. Uh, so go check that out at megavisionsmag.com. Uh, we've uh, we've just tweaked it a little bit. Uh, we also published a really cool retrospective on Streets of Rage remake. Uh, one of our writers, Drew, um, wrote that up, and it's a very in depth look at um, the the history of Streets of Rage remake. And and he. Uh, makes a uh he he makes a campaign on why that is like the best streets of rage game ever made and so it's pretty interesting uh i it's been a long long time since i played that game so i want to try to track it down now i don't know where you have to uh to go to play that um or where you can find a, a you know like a, a rom or whatever for the first Streets of rage remake but I, I i need to track that down and i want to play it now after i read through that that uh that that retrospective was that the one that had some legal issues I think so, and yeah. I I don't know if they, I I don't know if they were ever fully completed it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I I want to go track it down and and find what I can play from it. So yeah. Um, another really cool thing is uh, the Happy Console Gamer, uh, published a video this past week or so, uh, where he featured Megavisions in it, and that was uh, really really awesome. Uh, I. Him and I have been kind of talking back and forth for a little bit, and I told him I wanted to, to ship him a, a few copies of the magazine, uh, issue seven and our preview issue. Um, just I, I wanted to kind of just get what he thought about it uh, because it, he's someone uh, that I've been watching a long time, and you know we we've, we've talked quite a bit over the years, uh, and I've just personally watched all of his videos. He's one of my favorite YouTubers. Um, I love everything he does, and we used to publish a lot of his videos like in in the early days of his his channel on Sega nerds back in the day. This is like probably 2006 or so 2007. And, um, and so I just wanted to see what he thought. And he, he got the, um, the issues in and he, he really liked it and said he was going to to put it in one of his next videos. So that was really cool. And um, he published this past week, like I said, and um, 
my kids got a really big kick out of it uh, because they'll come in every once in a while when I'm watching it and, and they'll sit down and watch um, some of what he's talking about and seeing him hold the issues they they freaked out and they thought it was so cool that's cool it was, yeah it was kind of a neat experience for us um did you get a chance to, to see that video i did i um i watched it and uh it reminded me that i had to do a couple things like uh watch high score girl and play layers of fear um but yeah he had a lot of good stuff to say and um it's it's nice that he he's just a positive attitude on a very negative climate mm-hmm. on game uh well kind of video games yeah but uh youtube and everything so it was it he's a good guy johnny's a good guy it was cool to see all that and, and very surreal but also just very neat yeah yeah definitely and uh i know he's gone to too many games like in the past so it'd be awesome if he ended up uh coming again uh this year and and checking out the uh the magazine like firsthand and being able to talk to him i did see that uh keith apicary is going to be there this year yep uh, which would be awesome because uh we got to talk to him a little bit uh during um e3 and we were able to give him a, a copy of our preview issue and uh he he thought it was awesome he, he really liked uh, what he saw so it'd be cool to be able to chat with him a little bit more um and then show him issue seven and eight because uh, issue eight will be out um, by the time too many games rolls around, yeah. and uh, so yeah, it'll 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 be fun. I'm really excited about it. Um, so so yeah, if you guys haven't checked out that Happy Console Gamer video, I think it's in his last. Um, I, don't, I forget what he calls it. It's like um, like my pickups or something. Like he does one each month of like all the stuff that he's um, bought or been sent, you know, throughout the the month. Um, it's one of his latest videos. So go check that out and. Uh, and you'll be able to see Mega Visions in it. So, yes, I was I was trying to find the oh uh, new game stuff thirty eight. Yeah, that's what it is. I couldn't remember what he called it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but aside from that, uh, Scotty, do you have any upcoming streams? Uh, this- uh, yeah, as always, uh, we mentioned Toe Jam and earlier. If you guys want to check out um, the backlog of our streams, you can go to YouTube and search for Mega Visions. We're on there, uh, and the Toe Jam and Earl thing I actually just posted today, so it'll be on there by the time you hear this. Uh, you can watch our stream on there. But we do stream every Sunday, Tuesday, and Friday. Um, Sunday is when TJ plays whatever he's feeling, retro, maybe Currents. Uh, you never know, but you should hop on there and check it out. Tuesday, I'm still playing through Panzer Dragoon Saga, making some good progress and uh, getting feedback on what Saturn games people want me to play through next. Uh, and then Friday, Kusanagi does everything from racing to jets to maybe some Resident Evil 2. Um, but we're always streaming on there. And again, you can check out the backlogs on YouTube. Um, outside of that, follow us on Twitter, of course. That's where you can ask us questions that we'll answer on the podcast. And we do have, for patrons only, the new Mega Visions sideshow where Mars and Chris and I have started to discuss our journey through Shenmue 2 in preparation for Shenmue 3. That's available again to patrons only so uh yeah tell your friends if they dig the shenmue they got to give us money but you know it's a fun time it's much more much more chill podcast but we're having fun with it so far yeah definitely and it reminds me i got to get get on it this week uh to Mm -hmm. be able to to play through uh my my section uh so we can talk about that but like you said like the um if if you subscribe to the patreon even at i think the one dollar level you'll be able to get access to um to that that podcast series yep um and after, once we're done with Shinmu, we're going to go on to another game. And I think uh, maybe going forward, it would be kind of fun to um, to put a, a poll up 
uh, to our Patriot, uh, patrons and let them vote on the uh, the game or series that they want us to play like going forward. Uh, I think that could be kind of fun. Let, give them a little bit of a vote and, uh, and voice on what we're playing, uh, which I think could be kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, if you're interested in backing the, the Patreon and getting your copy of Megavisions, you can go to www.patreon.com slash Megavisions. And from there, you can choose whether you can get a, a digital version or you can get a physical version of the magazine. And we're not going to charge your account every month like some other um, Patreon campaigns do. Ours is only like on a uh, per creation basis. So that means like once we're really ready to put in our order for that issue, that's when we will charge your account. And so since we're a quarterly magazine, that's only really going to be about four times a year that you're going to be um, you know, charged for that. So you don't have to worry about getting nickel and dimed or anything else. But in addition to just getting that physical issue, you're getting a lot of other perks uh, along the way, including the uh the the megavision sideshow and some other cool stuff that we have planned um that we haven't yet announced uh and then if you want uh back issues you can go to our store uh on our website it's www.megavisions.com shop uh and like we said earlier there is still a few more copies of issue seven available but they're going fast they really are um and uh and they're probably not going to be here for in, in a couple more weeks i i think they'll probably all be sold out so once that's sold we have no plans to uh to do another print run of those i think once they're gone they're gone and they will be no more so that will be it get them while they're hot that's right uh and with that i think it's going to do it for this uh this whatever <laughs> i think it's going to do it for uh for this episode of the megavision show uh and uh we will see you next week right scotty yeah we'll have macaulay culkin on oh yeah definitely macaulay culkin yeah. he'll be here yeah uh, he's sitting here right now he told me it's okay <laughs> awesome all right guys we're out of here take it easy later <laughs>